Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Second Chronicles tonight, chapter 20. We've been studying praise and worship. Hallelujah. We've concluded that praise and worship gets goes a little bit beyond the fast song and the slow song. Amen. Worship is an attitude of the heart. Praise is releasing of thanksgiving toward God for that, for that which He's done, that which He's doing, and that which He's going to do. Many times the highest form of faith that you release is your praise. When you can praise God for your healing, when your body's still telling you you're sick, that's faith. When you can praise God for your uh, financial prosperity, when you're struggling and need money to come in and it hadn't come in yet, but you can still praise Him and thank Him for your prosperity. Amen. That's faith in action. That's faith operating. We worship God for who He is. There should never come an end to our worship. He is the great God of the universe, the God that was, is, and forever will be. And when you study many times, those in the Bible that couldn't see God doing anything or see God doing uh, something that they needed done, they would worship Him, which would basically put them on the channel, the correct channel, to hear a word from God. Remember the Syrophoenician woman. She went, came and worshipped. She didn't understand the rejection. She didn't understand the attitude of the disciples. But she came and fell down at His feet and began to worship. And then the word that Jesus spoke, if you weren't on the right channel, you would have thought that was a rebuke. But when the Jesus said to her, uh, it's not meat to give the children's bread unto dogs, that was her answer. I said, that was her answer. That was not a rebuke. All she had to do was put the, I like to call, I, I preach on that uh, story many times. I call it doing the spiritual math. All she had to do was put the equation together. Children, bread, dogs. Children, bread, dogs. Children, bread, dogs. You get children together, put some bread on the table, dogs are going to get some bread. So she made the statement. Hey, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for what the children have, but even the dogs, actually the true Greek says this, even the little puppies that gather around the table to irritate get to eat of the crumbs that fall off the table. And Jesus said, woman, you got some great faith. Go ahead and receive that which you've believed. And her daughter was made whole from that point on. Isn't that good? Well, that's what worship will do. Worship will put you on the right channel so that when God speaks to you, you say, what do you mean by, well, a good example is this. Let's talk financially just for a moment. Say you come to Island Church, you get saved, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden you hear some teaching on tithing. you got a financial situation in your life, but you hear that you should be giving 10% of your money to God, to His work, to the house of the Lord. Well, that doesn't sound like an answer, does it? When you need it to come in, to give it out, that doesn't sound like an answer unless you're on the right channel, unless you're on the faith channel. Then you get on the faith channel and you hear that and you obey it, then God will bless you. Amen. So, tonight, let's look at this story here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's a lot in it about praise and about worship. I think we can glean some of it tonight. Notice what it says in verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others beside the Amorites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now, if you'll go study the previous chapters, you'll find out that Joseph, Jehoshaphat was not a wicked king like many of the kings before him. He was doing his best to bring Israel back into the reality of the covenant that God had blessed him with. Now, that means in studying that and understanding that, that means if you're doing everything you know to do to serve God, you're not exempt from attack. 
Amen. A lot of people doing everything they say, well, Pastor, I'm doing everything I knew to serve, uh, know to do to serve God. I'm going to church. I'm tithing. I'm volunteering. I'm doing, why am I under attack? Well, it's just the nature of our adversary. He is a criminal spirit. The Bible says the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news is many times the attack that comes against you, God will use that attack to help elevate and vault you into a place of greater blessing in God. Listen, the devil is always doing stupid things to God's kids and God's always delivering them out of it in such a way that it's so outstanding and so remarkable it just elevates them to a new place in God. And by the time it's all over with, the devil wishes he had never done that because now you love God more, you serve him more. Fifteen people got saved because of the witness that took place of that which you were going through. Amen? Because the devil's a dumb devil. Amen? He's never won. He never will. He's not going to win in what he's putting you through right now. Now notice verse 2. It says, There came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria, and behold, they be in Hezron Tamar, which is in Gadi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, notice it says he feared. Listen, I've heard some teaching on faith over the years that has kind of indicated, some of it has actually said that if you've got faith, there shouldn't be any fear. But in actuality... Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is the ability to obey God in the face of fear. Amen. You know, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, do you think she was in fear when she went on the, on the street that day to touch the hem of Jesus? She was absolutely in fear. She could have been arrested. She could have been jailed. All kinds of things could have happened to her. There were all kinds of reasons to fear. But instead of Instead of obeying fear and not going on that street, she obeyed faith and went on that street and got healed. So if you're waiting for the absence of fear before you obey God, well, don't wait for the absence of fear. Just rise up and obey God in the face of fear. Amen? So he did the right thing. He set himself to pray and to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Judah gathered himself together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord and Jehoshaphat, stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Then it begins here to tell all the different, he begins to pray. And you know how uh, there's good prayer principles in here. We've been studying prayer some on uh, Sunday nights. Good prayer principles, how he began praying by reminding God of who he was. It's always good to remind God of who he is. Say, so why do you do that? Not so much that God has forgotten who he is, but it may be that you need to be reminded who he is. He is God Almighty. He is God of your healing, God of your prosperity, God of your deliverance, God of your breakthrough. He is the God that you need Him to be at the time you need Him to be that type of God if you will believe Him and trust Him according to His Word. So sometimes it's good just to start out reminding God who He is. Amen. Then He, then he come, down, look, come down to verse 9. He begins to, you know, He's praying there. It says, And when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before you this house and in thy presence for thy name is upon this house and we cry unto thee in our affliction. Then without hear and help, he had faith that God would hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold I say how they have rewarded us 
to come cast us out of thy possession. I like that. You say, what's he doing? He's challenging God. He's saying, listen, God, let me tell you, in our history, we had opportunity to destroy these people. You wouldn't let us do it. Now, here they come to reward us by trying to cast us out of your possession. Oh, there are times when I'm praying about the church when I just remind Jesus, this ain't my church. You said you'd build the church. I'm not sweating it. I'm not worried about it. If there's any worry that needs to go on, you go ahead and worry because it's your church. You're the good shepherd. You're the great shepherd. You're the chief shepherd. I'm not getting many amens on that. But I guarantee you, you ain't got enough fortitude in you to carry all the problems of all the different people, all the situations, all the circumstances that rise up. You better understand and know that this is far beyond the ability of man to do anything. Only God can do it. And when you remind Jesus many times, Jesus, this is your church, he'll do something about his church. He might not do it about your church, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's his church. Everybody say, it's his church. It says, I, Behold, I say how they reward us to come and to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou now judge them? For we have no might against this great company, that they cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Have you ever been in that place where you just don't know what to do? You're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to do it. I don't know how to do it. Thank God he's given us the Holy Ghost. Over in Romans chapter 8, you can go over there and read it. It talks about how the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness, in our infirmity, when we know not how to pray nor what to pray for, that he gives us that heavenly language. You can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and have confidence that you're praying the will of God, you're praying the Word of God, you're doing it supernaturally, and I got good news, the devil doesn't understand a word you're saying. Amen. You said, how do you know? Well, I know this. God knows. The Bible says we speak mysteries, and if it's a mystery, then it's a mystery to the devil because he's the enemy of the church. Mm, we'll teach on that later and show you that in the Word of God. Hallelujah. It said, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. But now notice this. Then upon Jehiel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mahatnahi, a Levite of the sons of Aphat, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, I love this, thus saith the Lord. Now let me stop here for just a moment. Always position yourself to get a thus saith the Lord from God. It can come in several different forms. It can come as the inward witness of God speaking to you in a time of prayer. It can come through the Word, but it always ought to line up with the Word. It can come in, for, in the form of a prophecy or a word of wisdom or a tongue, an interpretation of tongue. It can be given generally, and you can just pull on it and accept it as an individual. Or it can be given to you individually. Amen? We were, we were at Randy's the other night, and there was a word that was given about a lady with some grandchildren. What, what the uh, grandchildren that she'd gotten, hadn't been able to see, and some stuff like that. And, and it was just amazing how the Holy Ghost laid all of that out. And you could just see the light come upon this lady. When that, when that word came toward her, that light came upon her, and she could tell that woman got a word from God. She was jumping around praising the Lord. She obviously had a situation in which she did not have an answer, and God gave her an answer. But here's the deal. God will give you the answer if you'll be patient and wait on the Lord. Thank God Jehoshaphat didn't just say, well, let's just go give up. 
or let's try to fight, let's lock down the city. He waited on the Lord. He did the right thing in the crisis of life. The right thing to do is to pray and seek the Lord. Like, like one guy said one time when somebody suggested over a situation, uh, you know, why don't we pray about this? And the other guy said, has it come to that? <laughs> don't make that your last resort. Where you come to the place and say, well, I guess we've done, we've done everything we can do. And, and now, you know, it looks like if God doesn't intervene, nothing's going to happen. I guess we better pray. No, do it at the onset. David said, early will I seek thee. That's really not talking about getting up in the, early in the morning at 4.30. That means early in the situation. That means early in the problem. Don't wait till you're so beat up and beat down and shot down. You find, well, I guess we better pray now. Well, it's probably too late then. Amen? No, seek him early. Thus saith the Lord. How many like those thus saith the Lord's? Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now listen, i got good news for you tonight. The battle is not yours, but God's. Now there's always people say, well, God does want us to fight some battles. No, He does not. The only warfare that we are involved in is the warfare of the renewing of the mind. That is the fight of, that is the main fight that you're involved in, and you can win that if you desire. Every other battle has already been won. The battle for salvation is won. The battle for healing is won. The battle for prosperity, joy, peace, righteousness, it is already won. It is secured by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and settled by the blood on the mercy seat of God. The Word of God says in Psalms 119, Forever, Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If the word is settled in heaven, that means the victory is settled in heaven and the battle belongs to the Lord. Mm -mm. The battle is not yours, but God's. But now notice this. After he says that, he begins to give instruction. Now you'd think, now wait a second, Pastor. He just said the battle was the Lord's. Now he's telling me to do something. There's always something to do. Everybody say always. Your obedience manifests in your actions or activity. When God says to do something, you do it. Now notice what he says. He says, tomorrow you go ye down against them. Behold, they come, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, first of all, that's, that's what we call a word of knowledge. Something right there that shows us something to come. He's identifying where they're going to be. Now, if you were a military commander, this would be valuable information. Amen. But they're not going to win this fight militarily. Amen. You know, there are some physical fights you may not be able to win medically. See, a lot of, lot of, lot of people have problems with that. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, there are times when medicine and, do medicine and doctors and healing part company. You say, what do you mean? The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she's been all she had. It was nothing better but rather grew worse. Medicine and God parted company. And God healed her body. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against doctors. We're not against treatment. We're not against any of that. But especially when it comes to healing, you need to seek God and find out what the path of healing is for you. Amen. 
And in so doing, I guarantee you, God can work with medicine. God can work with treatments. But there are other times when God wants to be God. And you just got to fight that fight of faith and believe God for your healing. I don't know who that was for, but that'll help you. It says in verse 17, You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Now here was the instruction of God. They were literally in a position of ambushment where they could have brought a military ambush against these armies that had come against them. But God said, listen, you're not going to fight in this battle. I told you earlier that the battle is mine. So here's what I want you to do. Stand still and watch what I'm fixing to do. Now listen, God delights in doing that. Our problem is many times we don't stand still. God says, now just be still. Just stay steady. Just keep on keeping on. Don't worry about it. I've got it under control. The battle is mine, no matter how big or how small it may be. And instead of, you know, accepting that and standing, we got to run here, we got to go there, we got to do this. This didn't work, that didn't work, this didn't work. And then we get all stirred up trying to get all this stuff going. And all that does is add to confusion. Can I get a better amen? All that does is add to confusion. Listen, all you need to do, if God has spoken to you to make that stand of faith, remember we studied the stand of faith, to make that stand, then you don't need to stand on anything else other than what got you to that place of standing. You say, what do you mean? We'll study this here in a couple of Sundays. Uh, 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 what was his name that was... I'm trying to remember his name, who was there on the uh, street with a woman with the issue of blood. Jairus started out, an interruption took place when this woman got healed. Then they came to him and said, why trouble the master any longer? Your daughter is, no lo your daughter is now dead. No longer liveth, but is now dead. Jesus said to him, do not be alarmed or seized with fear. Only keep on believing. Now here's the problem. Will the same faith to get my daughter healed raise her from the dead? Or do I need more faith? You see what I'm saying? Jesus said, actually what Jesus was saying this, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Jairus could have turned and said, keep on believing what? Jesus would have said, what you said when you came to me in the first place was if I can get to her and get my hands on her, she shall be healed. Just keep believing that. Because the circumstance changed doesn't mean my power changes. Stand ye still. Listen, if you've got faith for something, stand. Let me say it like this. Let God be God. Let God do it. Let him do it his way. Let, it do it, let him do it in his time. So many people get offended. Remember John the Baptist, Mark chapter 11, how he got offended at the way God, at the way Jesus chose to do things, got him caught into prison, got his head removed. Why? Because the, Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. I actually said it like this. Blessed are those who do not stumble and fall over the way I choose to do things. 
Let God be God. I've said it for years. I still say it today. The greatest deliverance of your life is not from drugs, is not from alcohol, is not from tobacco. The greatest deliverance of your life is the day you get delivered from being God. And you let God be God, and you become what he calls a sheep. Everybody say, bye. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. I like those two words, with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord." That is, in my, in, my, in my Bible, I wrote next to that posture of receiving. When you can just go home, you know you've gotten something from God. There's no immediate manifestation. But you know that God has spoken to you a word of healing. You know that God has spoken to you a word of deliverance. You know that God has spoken to you a word that's going to break the bondage of the enemy off your life. And you can just get down on your knees next to your bed before you go and lift up your hands and just start worshiping. Father, I just, I just thank you for who you are. You are the God of my healing. You are the God of my prosperity. You are the God that has broke the fetters of iron off my life. You are the God that has delivered me. I just worship you. You are the God of your word. I just take time tonight to just worship and glorify. My, you'd be surprised how good you'll sleep that night. You'll be surprised how, how, how little your dream world will be interrupted. If you'll just take 10, 12, 15 minutes and just worship God next to your bed and glorify and exalt Him. Many times that's the way I go to sleep, just laying there, just worshiping God, worshiping God, muttering under my breath. Oh, Father, I just thank you for such a beauty. You're just such a good God. What a wonderful day. Thank you for my home. Thank you for this nice bed I'm sleeping in. I just worship and thank you. You're the God of my salvation, my healing, my joy, my peace. Thank you for my wife, my child, all that you've blessed me. I just, I just like that. And then I, I, many times my mouth will close but it'll still be rolling in my mind. Then off I'll go to sleep. And I'll wake up in peace. Wake up in the morning. And you know what I'll wake up thinking? The same thing I was thinking when I went to sleep. How many of you have had that happen to you? Thank you, Father. You're so blessed. You just bless. You're such a wonderful God. Thank you for you. It's a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. And next thing you know, I'm up worshiping, praising God, going on during the day. That's the way to live for God. Worshiping, a posture of receiving. Oh, I like that. That's good. It says, in the, and the Levites, verse 19, and the Levites and the Kohathites and the children of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, with a loud voice on high. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And your inhabitants of Jerusalem, I love this, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe as prophets, so shall you prosper. Now let, let me just say something. Don't follow someone you don't believe. I've seen people for years. I've come out of meetings of people, I don't believe in that stuff you're preaching. Why'd you come to the meeting then? 
a lot of times over in Europe, I traveled in Europe. I went 38 times to Europe in about a 12-year period. Many times in Europe, because people were not as well taught as we were, especially on the Word of Faith, we'd go over there and teach and preach and see great miracles and signs and wonders, and God would do great things. We'd have great conferences and meetings. And then you walk out, and there'd be somebody standing there to challenge you. And I think to myself, why did you come to the meeting? If you didn't believe anything, and what's wild is they'd come to meeting after meeting after meeting and get madder and madder and madder. Why? Don't follow someone you don't believe. You will not profit. You will not find you somebody you can believe. You say, I just don't believe you're preaching. Find someone who's preaching you can believe. And follow them and serve the Lord and follow that, follow what they're following in God. Let them be your example. It's amazing to me how many people, instead of allowing the Word of God to challenge their intellect, they let their intellect challenge the Word of God. And instead of believing, they do not believe. And with the same effort, they could be believing what God said. I've heard it said for years. With the same effort that you're sick, you can be healed. With the same effort that you're broke, you could be blessed. With the same effort you're depressed, you could be full of joy and peace. Why give the effort into the negative side? Why give the effort into the curse side? Why don't you give the effort into the blessing side? It's so much better. Amen. It says, and they rose up again, verse 20. They rose up early in the morning, went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood up, said, hear me. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, and he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beautiness of his holiness, they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, listen to this now. When they begin to sing and praise the Lord, when they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Not when they begin to launch their artillery. Not when the infantry begin to move forward. Not when the archers begin to draw their bows. Come on, church, this is not a natural victory. This is a supernatural victory. And listen, that's what God wants you to have is a supernatural victory. A supernatural victory gives glory to God. A supernatural victory lifts up Jesus. A supernatural victory, man, it can stir a whole city. A supernatural victory can cause stirs to go off. Listen, supernatural events and supernatural victory are the battering ram for the door of utterance. That's why Paul prayed the church at Ephesus. He said, pray that I might have boldness to speak your word. Uh, no, no, that I have my boldness. That God might open me a door of utterance that I might have boldness to speak the word. Ephesus was where he had special miracles. Where aprons were taken off of his body and laid on the sick and infirmed and demon possessed and they were delivered. He recognized I was able to preach the gospel throughout all of Asia, not just because of the word, but because of the demonstration of the word. Because when you have the word without demonstration, all you have is a proclamation. But when you have the word with demonstration, you have truth. And when you have truth, you know what you have? When you have truth, you know what you have? You have Jesus. 
Because he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to give you life. He said, I am the life. They begin to sing and to praise. The Lord sent ambushments. They were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. Now here's what happened. This is mind-blowing. They began, see, they, they came up in that mountainous area of Mount Seir, and they began to look around, and they were in half, so they, we'll just whip them first before we go get Jerusalem and Judah. That's what we'll do. So they started a battle, and they destroyed all the inhabitants of Mount Seir. And they got so caught up, in their fighting and in their battle, they didn't quit. They just turned on each other. Now, can you imagine that? Being in a military unit that goes out and attacks the enemy, as soon as they kill the enemy, they just turn on each other and start blowing each other away. That's exactly what happened. That's the ambushment. It must have been in their mind that they crossed a line in their mind and stepped over and just wouldn't stop slaying and just slayed each other until every one of them was dead. Could you imagine what it must have been like to watch that until the last two were fighting? Well, yep, he got him. Yep, there you go. Yep, got him. There you go. That's it. They're all dead. Hallelujah. While they were having a praise and worship service, I give you glory, glory, you know. Whoa, look at this. Unreal. Can you imagine? There they go. Well, they're gone. That's what they did. They turned on Mount Sarah, destroyed the inhabitants, and then they just got so caught up in that, they just turned on each other and killed each other till they were all dead. Then they're all laying there dead. But now notice this. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness... They looked into the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Well, that must have been the last two that was, last two were fighting mortally wounded each other till they both fell, fell over dead. And when Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them an abundance of riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. I got too many diamonds. I wanted these rubies, you see, but my pocket is full of rubies here, and this pocket is full of emeralds, and I've got my, my whole, I've, I've lifted, and now that's full of diamonds, and I've got no more, no more room. Isn't that what it says? They found among them in abundance riches with the dead body, precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. Can you imagine carrying all these jewels and thinking, I wish I could get all of it. And there's piles of it left. Now, first of all, understand, these armies had been loosed for approximately about three years. And they had taken off from their place of origins, gotten together as a cohesive group, and they had gone all over the regions of that area, killing, pillaging, stealing, gold, jewels, anything of wealth, anything of value, that by the time they got 
to Judah, Jerusalem, and Israel, they were loaded down with spoil. Somebody's going to get a revelation here tonight, and it's just going to blow your mind. Precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, and there were, and they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. It was so much. See, now our problem is we don't have that type of mentality. We're believing God for $163 so we can pay the light bill. But you know, the light bill is going to come due again next month, and the month after that, and the month after that, and the month after that. But there comes a time in our lives when the battles that we fight, the battles that we go through, when we come to that place and we say, you know, I, I ain't fighting this no more. This is God. This belongs to the Lord. I'm tired of fighting these battles in my mind. I'm tired of fighting these battles in my finances. I'm tired of fighting these battles with my health. I'm going to step back and let God be God. And when you step back and begin to say, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to talk by faith. I'm going to do this by faith. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to learn to praise. I'm going to learn to worship God. Then you will see the hand of the Lord come into your life many times. Not only will you be delivered from the problem that you had, but God will restore you in such a way where you will gather the spoil of all that you were not able to produce while the situation or circumstance was going on. I've seen it happen time after time after time after time. And I thought to myself, man, that devil was so, st why did he bring this attack against me? If he had known what was going to happen as God delivered me out of this, he would have never started the fight in the first place because not only was he defeated in the midst of it by what Jesus did to him through redemption, but now God has so blessed us that we're kind of glad we went through this. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Well, some of you can't imagine that right now, thinking oh, we're kind of glad we went through that. But when you get on the other side and really get a victory from God and really see His deliverance manifest in your life and really see how much better off you are, because remember, God doesn't want to deliver you back to the place you were before you had the problem. See, that's our mentality. We think of the day before we had the problem how it was the day before the sickness attacked us, how it was the day before the financial problem happened. So as we're believing God, we're thinking, God, deliver us back to the way it was. But God says, I will not do that. I'll deliver you to another place because it's at the place you were at that you were vulnerable to the attack in the first place, and I don't want you vulnerable to that attack anymore, so I'll deliver you to another place. So praise and worship and glorify and trust his prophets and obey God and believe somebody, follow somebody to believe. And when you get to that place, God will bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, according to the power that's working in you. Oh, somebody ought to lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Come on and thank Him for your victory tonight. Come on and thank Him that victory belongs to you. Thank Him for not only getting you out of what you're going through, but the spoil. You ought to claim your spoil tonight. You ought to claim your spoil more than you can carry off, more than you know what to do with. You ought to claim it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody ought to claim it tonight. Claim that it belongs to you. Claim that it's yours. Claim your healing. Claim your blessing.
Claim your financial breakthrough. Claim it. Say it's mine in Jesus' name. You know, that's why, that's, uh, thank you, Lord. That's why the Lord had me put that in the, in the, in the, in the offering confession. You know, we say it every time we take it on. I claim every dime that I might need to meet my needs. And I claim increase, increase, increase in abundance above it. And then, and then we put at the end of it, we claim every dime we may need to preach the gospel here on the island and around. You say, why did you put that in there? Because if you don't claim it, you don't get it. See, you've got a claim ticket right here. Here's your claim ticket right here. The first time you ever claimed anything, it was the greatest miracle you'll ever receive, which is salvation. You heard about the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. You know what you did? You said, I'll take that. I'll claim that. People say, I don't believe in that name it and claim it doctrine. Boy, I sure do. I claim it. I claim my prosperity. I claim my healing. I claim my deliverance. I claim my peace. I claim my joy. I claim my righteousness. I claim heaven is my home. Come on. I claim victory. I claim I have a future. I claim I have a destiny. Amen. Come on. You got to claim it. You got to claim it. And if you claim it, it'll be yours. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Lift your hands one more time and just worship Him. Father, we worship you tonight. We claim your goodness. We claim your breakthroughs. We claim your victories in our lives. We claim our prosperity, our healing. We claim our peace, our joy, and our righteousness. Lord, we claim it tonight that it belongs to us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Lord. Now let me close with this. Lord, just quicken my spirit to say it. Someone say it. Some of you right now, you're in the midst of a, of, of a situation, a trial, trouble, circumstances which have gone awry negatively against you. Maybe you're looking for an answer. Maybe you've gotten your answer. I don't know. But in the midst of it, force yourself to praise God. Don't revert back to the feeling mentality. Well, Pastor, if I felt better, I'd really praise God. You'll never praise God if you wait till then. Well, if I felt better, I'd worship. If I had more money, I'd praise Him. No, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You've got to make a decision now to begin to thank, to begin to praise, to begin to worship God before the walls fall, before your body quits hurting, before your check, uh, before the check comes in the mail. Before all the other different things that happen or take place. Many times you can sense the progression of your faith. Things will begin to ease and you'll get to a point where you just kind of, no, press on through. Press on through. Worship and praise and magnify and glorify and exalt God. And I guarantee you, you'll accelerate yourself through the situation or circumstance. If you don't, you'll decelerate yourself. You'll start bogging down. Kind of like walking through mud. I'd rather not walk through mud. I'd rather run on the highway. Amen? No, just, just, just learn to worship right in the midst of it. Right in the midst of praising. Now, can you see the picture of this large group of people having a praise and worship service, basically kind of in a, in a theater-style fashion around a valley where the side, the inhabitants of the side of the mountain are being destroyed. That could have been a reason for alarm, to break and run. Hey, they're whipping them guys bad. Are we next? No, no, stand still. That's why God told him, stand still. Just stand still. Hey, they're, they're, all those people on Mount Sur are getting killed. What are we going to do now? Just stand still. Then all of a sudden, the battle, they, you, you see those people destroyed. Then they turn on themselves. You're worshiping and praising God. He's winning the battle for you. 
He's fighting it for you. He's setting ambushments against He's doing supernatural things that you cannot do. You're just standing there. You're just in a posture of worship and praise. And God's doing all the work. He's doing all the work. He's being God and you're being obedient. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet tonight. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of your word. Settling into this place tonight. For each and every need being met. Each and every person, Father needing a touch from your power and your anointing, receiving it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody healed tonight? If you're healed and know it, wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Everybody blessed tonight? If you're blessed and you know it, wave your hand at me. That's everybody. How about saved? Everybody saved tonight? Filled with the Holy Ghost? Wave your hand at me. Isn't that good? Well, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you, Father, as we leave this evening. We claim our safety and protection. Lord, you said in your word, there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. You said you give your angels charge over us. You said we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So, Lord, we claim tonight our protection as we travel. The highways, the seaways, the railways, the airways, any other way of travel or transportation. And, Lord, we know many families on vacation tonight in recreation, Lord. We thank you that they're blessed and protected. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, we thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.